Hello, and welcome to another edition of the BJ Psych Advances podcast. My name is Oliver Gale Grant, and I'm joined today by Dr. Harold Koenig, who is Professor of Psychiatry and Medicine at Duke University. We're going to be discussing his recent article in BJ Psych Advances, which is entitled Religion in Psychiatry, Recent Developments and Research. I should mention at this point that during the podcast, we will be discussing mental health issues, including suicide. Dr. Koenig, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Oliver. I'm glad to, to be here. And thank you for this great article that is very interesting and that covers a topic that I think is relevant to an awful lot of psychiatrists' practice, but is perhaps something that people don't think about a great deal in a clinical context. Uh, but to, to expand a little bit more on, on, on my intro, it's essentially a review of the evidence for the role of religiosity in psychiatry. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, the, the article uh, focuses in on the research that has been done um, over the past 50 years, looking at looking objectively at this connection between religious beliefs and practices and various aspects of mental health from ranging from depression, anxiety, to psychosis, to personality disorder, to substance abuse, uh, and then on the other side of things, on well-being and happiness. Of course. And as with many things, uh, the evidence is rather different and rather complicated to take in, uh, in different disorders. But one thing that's quite striking from this review is that there are some areas of uh, mental health practice where this uh, review article actually puts forward some positive associations between religiosity and psychiatric outcome. Is, is that right? That is true. That is true. There are certain areas of mental health that are particularly correlated with uh, greater levels of religious involvement. Those, uh, those areas uh, are depression, suicide, um, and uh, certainly substance abuse disorders, as well as, uh, you know, to, to some degree bipolar disorder, but, uh, uh, the, and, and certain personality traits, such as conscientiousness, agreeableness, and then of course, the, the positive aspects. You find that, that well-being, happiness, uh, life satisfaction, uh, very consistently is related to to greater religious involvement. 80% of the quantitative research or more uh, has, has found those, uh, those associations. And, and they're not just associations either. They're also results coming from prospective cohort studies, some very large, as well as uh, from a number of randomized controlled trials that have actually looked at religious and spiritual interventions in, uh, in various mental disorders. Hmm. So I, I suppose one, one way to, to sort of break this up a little bit is there, there's two separate things really discussed in this article, isn't there? There, first of all, is the question of does uh, being religious or does taking part in some arranged religious activity protect you from mental illness? And then I suppose there's the second element of should we be integrating people's religious views in, into their treatment? Um, so just to talk a little bit more about the first element. Uh, what this review article says broadly, and correct me if I've misunderstood, is that really actually being a, a religiously minded person or definitely taking part in organized religious activities 
is actually protective on the whole for a number of mental disorders. I think so, Oliver. I think that, that that is the case. When you look at large prospective studies that are following people for 10, 20, sometimes 30 years, you you find that that, that people who are more religiously involved at baseline um, are, are just not developing mental disorders, particularly depression, uh, you know, substance abuse disorders, uh, other kinds of mental illnesses. They're just not developing it as frequently as those who are not involved in, in religious practices. And it's, uh, it's primarily for attending religious services, believe it or not, but it's also true for other measures of religious involvement, such as religious commitment, level of religious devotion and commitment as well. So uh, now, now, of course, we know that mental disorders have a very large genetic component and, uh, you know, so uh, religion is not going to necessarily prevent that genetic component from expressing itself. And sometimes, in, in fact, very often, people who are distressed are turning to religion in order to achieve some level of peace and comfort. So sometimes you actually find positive relationships with worse mental health uh, more anxiety among those who are more religious because because they're that's why they're religious it's it's the direction of causation here is from the emotional distress to the religion uh, not necessarily vice versa mm. it's a very interesting point isn't it that uh, people's views about religion may change during the course of their illness and I suppose their behaviors might as well I um I would well believe that statistic that's quoted in the review and that you've just mentioned that actually the the measure maybe that correlates most strongly with outcome is degree of religious attendance because I suppose if somebody is attending a, a religious activity let's let's say once a week that means that at a minimum they're having some social contact once a week so I, I suppose one question that I have from this article is to to what extent do you think there's something special about being religious or about the activities being religious and to what extent do you think religion in this context is maybe a marker of somebody who's just more socially engaged or who has more friends or family that are supportive of them in their community well that's a that's a very good question oliver um one of the things that these studies do though is they control for social interactions they control for for social support and uh you know support from family number of how often people gather together in groups and 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 even in even in europe and in the uk i mean there's been some large studies prospective studies in your part of the world even those studies show that there is something unique about religious involvement that goes beyond just social support or social interactions and uh you know when we've looked at what component of the benefit is derived from social interaction it's probably not more than about uh, 25 to 35 uh, percent there, there are other aspects of religion having to do with the religious worldview the sense of meaning and purpose that people derive from their religious faith the direction on how to live their lives that they receive uh, from from religious uh, moral standards that that 
that influence health, mental health, that reduce stressful life events, that that generally uh, <laughs> help people to stay happy and healthy and promote good social relationships, even though the socialization isn't the predominant factor. Hmm. That's very interesting. I, I, I suppose one, one thing uh, that struck me uh, about trying to think about this is, of course, you're over there in, in North Carolina. Uh, our office is based in London, but we have readers all over the world. And the religions that are dominant are obviously different in different parts of the world, but also the way people practice those religions is very different in different parts of the world. I was Googling just before we started uh, rates of religious attendance in, in London. Um, and so, so about 5% of people in London go to a weekly religious service, uh, according to our, our latest government survey. Uh, I couldn't really find a good number for North Carolina. I don't know if you know one off the top of your head, but, but the ones I did found were sort of hovering around the 30%. Uh, so I, I suppose, do you think that maybe this effect is more pronounced in parts of the world that are more religious and where there's more of a ready-made framework? I think there's no question that that is true. And, and Rich has shown that, that in religious areas of the world, these relationships are much stronger. But, you know, it's, it's hard really to sort this out because, because in non-religious areas of the world, Religious people are are the minority, and therefore they are experiencing greater stress. Just like in religious areas of the world, the non-religious are the minority, and they're experiencing greater stress. So it actually goes both ways depending on where you're where you're located. Now, from a research standpoint, when you're doing observational research, you know it's 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 very difficult to sort that out because in religious areas of the world you do find the relationships are stronger, but are they really, are they really? And in, in, in non-religious areas, they, they tend to be weaker. But again, are they really weaker? Are we seeing, you know, some of this, uh, some of these cultural, social, you know, kinds of pressures that are reflected in people's mental, mental health? So it, it, there's no doubt that this is a complex area, but, uh, you know, so that's why, you know, doing research, uh, you know, our, the future of research in this area has to do with sorting out all of these details and these various influences going on both directions and on, on this very complex area that's largely subjective. You know, mental health and religion are both subjective. You can't, like, measure anything to actually show, you know, connections like you can with blood pressure or blood sugar or or things like that. So it, it becomes very complicated. People lie about their religious involvement in various places, both, you know, in, in secular areas, they let lie about it, uh, they, they downplay it. And in, in religious areas, they, they increase it because they want to be socially, people want to be socially acceptable. So you can, you can just see how, and how these relationships are hard to study. That's why randomized controlled trials are probably going to be the best way in the future to actually show that religious involvement uh, does improve mental health. And, and we're not talking about making people religious. What we're talking about, we're taking religious people and we're supporting and we're increasing their religious involvement and we're utilizing their religious resources to help them deal with their emotional problems. Mm. And uh, that's something that's very interesting and is covered in this article as well, is this suggestion that for 
people who who are religious or who have a, a high degree of, of, of religious involvement already in their lives that it may be helpful to integrate that into treatment for uh, a mental disorder that they, that they may subsequently suffer so as far as i could see from i'm sure you'll correct me if this isn't true but uh, at the moment those therapies are mostly sort of adaptations of cbt is is that correct that is correct um, because CBT is such a natural, uh, it's, it's a very easy integration because it has to do with cognitions and behaviors. And <laughs> that's what religions have been dealing with, you know, for, for thousands of years. They've been, they've been trying to help, you know, ad, adjust their attitudes, their beliefs, their views of the world and their behaviors that, that promote, uh, that promote their well-being. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... Tell us, maybe we'll, maybe we'll just discuss this quickly. Tell us, it, how, how does a sort of religiously focused CBT differ from a, a classic CBT model? Are, are there manuals available for different specific conditions or is it a universal adaptation that could be made to any CBT manual? Well, a great, another great question. Um, and, and we have actually done a randomized controlled trial uh, about five years ago and we've developed manuals um, CBT manuals based on the standard Aaron Beck CBT model. You know, we've taken the the usual manual for CBT and we've adapted it for Christians, for Muslims, for Jews, Hindus, and Buddhists. And uh, actually, others have have adapted it for islam and pakistan and uh, sunni and shia forms of islam uh so uh, uh there, there's a bunch of different manuals now and they're all available for free for anyone who comes to our website um there there are both both clinician manuals as well as patient manuals um in all of these various uh various religious traditions. And uh, so our, 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 our Duke Center website, uh, there's a tab there and you can, you can download them for free. There's, there's no cost and, and you, can, you can follow them. It's, uh, it's a great resource. Now, most of these... Hey, sorry, go on. Yeah, let me clarify one thing, that most of these have to do with depression, treatments for depression, and probably they work as well as an, for anxiety. Um, so th those those are the conditions that that they were kind of really designed for. Mm. Uh, which I suppose would be the uh, well, certainly in the UK. I don't know if it's different in, in North Carolina, but certainly in the UK, that would be the bulk of people having CBT via the NHS would be for one of those two conditions. I suppose something that's, uh, that's true. something that's interesting is. Uh, obviously, there are lots of different religions, and obviously, whilst most religions share some common themes in their texts and in their practices, they do differ uh, in beliefs, in uh, the expectation of, of, of how you display your, your beliefs. Do you find that, this, that these associations differ uh, on a religion-by-religion level? So do you think the protective effect of certain religions is greater than others? A great question, Oliver. Um, I, I actually, you know, we've looked at that. It, it, it's another area that's comparing religions in terms of people, in terms of their effects on mental health is not an easy task. It's it, simply because 
people in 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 certain religions are minorities within because being in a minority religion always creates unusual stressors socioeconomic as well as cultural stressors so it's very difficult to compare uh, different different religions and and i'm not even there are no measures really that are uniform valid across all different religions you know because of the reasons that you just mentioned that there are different beliefs and different practices um what tends to be the case though is that devoutness devoutness in a person's religion whatever that religion is is related to better mental health now i'm not talking about extreme religions religious you know kinds of things uh but but more de devotion to the fundamental um scriptures that form and shape the different religions um those individuals who are practicing and uh, those religions and 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 for whom the religion is a central aspect of how they live their life that is the kind of religion whether you're buddhist or hindu or muslim or christian or jewish that seems to be the factor that influences mental health the most this this central sense of devotion uh, and commitment to one's religious faith mm. Uh, no, I, I can absolutely uh, believe that. And I, I suppose, uh, of course, as you say, in areas, something we've sort of touched on a lot in different ways is, is, is stigma, I suppose, and the feeling of belonging to a group with a common set of values, uh, I think, is, is something that's tremendously comforting to a lot of people. One statistic that I've got to ask you about in this paper is that uh, in, in on the top of page three, there's a brief paragraph discussing evidence about suicide risk uh, relating to religion. And uh, there's this statistic here that uh, if you extrapolated the results of this study, which is a pretty large study, it's a 14 year follow up of 89,000 women. Uh, and and the, the results that it finds here is that if you use religious attendance as a predictor of, of completed suicide, you're finding that, that people who, who have frequent religious attendance have a far lower risk of suicide. And if you extrapolated that across the population, this is a sort of paraphrasing from your paper, 40% of the increase in the US suicide rate between 1999 and 2014 could be attributed to the decline in weekly religious attendance. I, I think that's an incredible statistic uh, that I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on. Yes, you know, uh, from a clinical standpoint, it's it's always helpful to know if somebody is religious and if they're involved in a religious community, because uh, it just lowers their risk of of suicide. and And there has been a lot of research on on this on this topic of religious involvement in suicide, and and it it is very consistent in that religious people just don't commit suicide as often as those who are less religious. And there are many reasons for that. But one major reason is that the belief itself often is so strong that it prevents people from, from committing suicide, no matter how much they're suffering. Let me give you an example. An example well, you know, within within Christianity, 
it's not so much now today within within Christianity because there have been but within Catholicism, uh, if you committed suicide, you could not repent for the murder of yourself, which was a mortal sin, which which meant that you were separated eternally from God and from all of your loved ones who were, <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, were might be in heaven, <laughs> you know, so. So that was very discouraging for people uh, to to end their lives because it would mean eternal separation and and real death. Um, and in Islam, it's it's much worse. Um, the uh, according to the Prophet Muhammad, um, if somebody commits suicide, they spend eternity in hell killing themselves over and over again in the same way that they ended their life. So if they shot themselves, they would be eternally shooting themselves, or if they stabbed themselves, or if they hung themselves, they would be strangulating eternally in hell. So those kinds of beliefs are going to prevent people from killing themselves. There's no doubt. Um, and of course, besides the actual content of the belief, there is the idea that, that religion helps people to cope better with stress, gives meaning to, to you know, challenging life events and losses, which reduces the, the likelihood or the desire to commit suicide. And, and that's also having, you know, a supportive congregation that cares and, you know, all of that helps, helps people to... to to, to feel that their lives are worth living and, and, and uh, you know, prevents them from committing suicide. Mm. Absolutely. I've, I've got to ask, in, in England, certainly speaking from my own personal experience working as a psychiatrist in London, uh, you would rarely see a patient's religious views documented in, in great detail as part of uh, their initial assessments. And you'd probably be even less likely to see them documented in detail as part of let's say, a specific risk assessment about that person's risk of suicide. And, you know, the statistic you're presenting here, I think they probably really should be. That's a, a very, very high, uh, you know, it's a very strong association. Um, how is that true, do you think, in your experience of practice in Carolina and in your knowledge of practice elsewhere in the world, that uh, religious people's religious views maybe is not frequently included as part of a, a clinical assessment? Oh, absolutely, Oliver. Um, you know, uh, many, again, we were not trained to talk about religion. You know, <laughs> that, that was, I, you know, I went through nursing school, through not only medical school, but, you know, through internal medicine, family medicine. I've got about five different medical, different forces. Nowhere in any of my training was any mention of religion made. And, and naturally, so that, that we're not doing that now. But, but uh, the major psychiatric associations are all now encouraging psychiatrists and mental, other mental health professionals as well to take a spiritual history. Taking a spiritual history now is pretty much the standard of care for, for psychiatric treatment. A brief spiritual history that involves asking the person uh, if they have any religious beliefs and if they're involved in a faith community, is it helpful or is it, does it seem to be worsening their, their mental health? Because yes, religion can also have negative effects on mental health as well. 
So it's important to find out about a person's religious background, how they were raised from a religious standpoint or not, and, and whether that's important to them now and whether and how the psychiatric illness has affected their faith and how their faith has has influenced their their religious uh, faith has influenced their psychiatric illness. So that's that's all part of that spiritual history that that is usually done as an initial assessment as part of the the first uh, assessment of of the patient. Yes, and uh, in your paper here, there's actually a, a box that suggests there were some questions or a sort of a structure by which that, that might be done, which I think uh, may be very helpful to, to a lot of our readers. I suppose just to, to finish off, really, uh, there are some suggestions in this paper about how you might modify your clinical practice based on this, but you've touched currently on the current state of uh, the cutting edge of research into spirituality and in mental health, and there's a number of cohort study level uh, uh, trials ongoing as far as I understand it. What would you say or what, what advice would you give to uh, a psychiatrist that was wishing to start up their own research into spirituality? What, what do you think the gold standard of investigation we should be aiming for is at the moment? Well, I, I do think that, that clinical trials are going to be important. And, and uh, you know, CBT is the natural um, form that 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 is easily integrated into you know religion is easily integrated mm. into that form of of treatment and and it's the main treatment that we use you know for depression and anxiety and that's typically the the illnesses that people come to us with um so i would i would encourage clinical trials in in that particular uh using that framework and and we've got the manuals already all developed so you can you can come anyone can come to our website download that manual and uh, maybe modify it even for a particular population that that that, that you might be seeing uh, or that, that might be available around the the the, the researcher uh, so it's it, it would be very now the only challenge of course is money you know who is going to support this research mm. and research running a randomized clinical trial is very very expensive mm. especially if you're going to do it well if you're going to do it poorly then your findings may be may be misleading in fact if you do a poor randomized clinical trial mm. but a good one takes a lot of money and and there aren't a lot of government or other funding bodies that are supporting research in this area so it is it is challenging to do it, but but shouldn't uh, shouldn't prevent anyone from trying. And you know, there, the Templeton Foundation does have funds that they give for uh, for doing research in this area. Mm. So that that's what I would recommend. But as far as clinical practice is concerned, the one thing I would encourage psychiatrists to do is to take this spiritual history. That's absolutely essential, I think. Um, for psychiatrists to now be doing take a brief spiritual history doesn't have to be long i think that's uh extremely interesting and thought-provoking uh we'll finish there but the paper entitled religion and psychiatry recent developments in research is published in bj psych advances dr harold koenig thank you very very much for joining us thank you oliver my pleasure
Thank you for listening to this BJ Psych Advances podcast. For the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at the BJ Psych. To listen to more podcasts from the BJ Psych Journal portfolio, visit us on SoundCloud or search for us online.